the guys from Ping, they've kind of shown me how much the equipment matters. I just love that I can hit any shot I kind of want. We're going to be able to tell some fun stories about what goes on here to help golfers play better golf. Welcome back to the Ping Proving Grounds podcast. I'm Shane Bacon. That's Marty Jertz. And Marty, we've got another great guest in the tour truck with Taylor Moore. Yeah, it's going to be fun, Taylor. It's excited to uh, spend a little time together, hear about, uh, hear about your journey and talk a little gear. I want to kind of start with the journey because you're a 30-year-old player. You won on the PGA Tour this year for the first time. What was the journey like? How did you kind of handle going through different tours? You had a great amateur career. What was the journey like to the point where you win on the PGA Tour? Yes. You know, I spent five years outside the PGA Tour, but playing professional golf. And so I feel like I was pretty acclimated to, you know, what professional golf was. And um, yeah, my senior year at Arkansas, I uh, qualified for the Canadian Tour and had status out there immediately. And then right after our national championship, you know, my senior year, I went straight up to Canada and, and got acclimated to what, you know, professional golf was. And so that's how, yeah, that's how I got started. How was Arkansas to Canada? How was that? Uh, how was that switch? <laughs> yeah, uh, right. You're like, you're like well, where are we? Where, where, where are, are we? Here? Well, I was actually, we were actually in Eugene, Oregon. And oh, so nice. we we're okay. kind of close to my first tournament was in Victoria, okay. British Columbia. So it wasn't too, too far to travel, but it was funny. I went up there and wore all my Arkansas gear and, you know, playing with professional golfers there. He was this college kid, you know, up here trying to get after it. So that was, uh, that was pretty fun. Did you have a moment during the journey where golf was frustrated and you were thinking, maybe this isn't going to be it. Maybe I'm going to pursue something else. What else could I do? Is there ever anything like that that floated through the brain? I definitely had, you know, a couple periods that come to mind that I was frustrated. I never really allowed myself to, you know, think about what I potentially wanted to do elsewise. Um, you know, or otherwise. And I, yeah, I got injured in 19. I was, I was kind of a big moment for me just to get some perspective on life and, and, you know, have some time away from the game. And then, um, we had a two in one, you know, season during COVID on the corn ferry. And I was about 75th place roughly after the, the first kind of, you know, part of it and was just very frustrated with how I was playing and, you know, had to really, you know, grab the bull by the horns and, and redirect a little bit and, uh, yeah, tear it up that last season to get out here. Did you graduate from Canadian to Corn Ferry? And then what point in your journey on Canadian did you get your win there? I did. The Canadian tour? Yeah, so I finished third on that money list in Canada. Um, and I went, like I said, straight from Oregon to Victoria, and I finished solo second in my first event. So it kind of yeah, nice. kind of popped me up on the, <laughs> on the money list right there, and that was the second event out of the 12 that we played over the course of the summer. Um, and about halfway through, I won in Thunder Bay. And so... Um, that was a pretty cool week. First professional win. My dad was on the bag. He came up to hang out with me for the week and, you know, we happened to win, which was a lot of fun and something that, that we definitely remember. Was it close or did you, how many did you win by? I think I won by two or three, but I was actually, I was paired in the final round with another ping pro, Corey Connors, Canadian. So that was kind of, that was a cool kind of duel. One uh, by three, by the way. I'm telling you, <laughs> golfers remember. And I went by three. You won by three. It's unbelievable. It was funny. Like, so I had a couple shot lead, obviously on 18 and, uh, hit it in the fairway. My dad's like, what do you think? What do you think? I'm like, driver off the deck, send it up there. Like, I, you know, I kind of freaked him out. I'm like, I'm just kidding. I'm going to lay up. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was pretty funny. He's, uh, he always tells that story. But yeah, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun to get my first first win up there. And then Corn Ferry Tour, when, uh, tell us about that win. Because you've, you've knocked off a win on Canadian, Corn Ferry, and then this year. Real quick, what'd you win by on Corn Ferry? Let's see how good yeah, the memory gosh. is. Yeah, what was that? I know. I just remember blacking out on Saturday and shooting sixty, and then uh, you did shoot sixty, yeah. and then I think sixty six the final round, but maybe two. Yeah, you won by three. Pretty three, good. yeah, Pretty two. Good. Or three. I like to win by three. Um, 
yeah, no, that was that was pretty cool. And that was a couple years into Corn Ferry. You know, I think I was my fourth season on Corn Ferry. Um, hadn't won my previous three. And, um, you know, obviously I've been close a few times and, you know, kept my card on Corn Ferry every year. But, um, yeah, that was that was pretty surreal. I was in a really good period of playing golf during that summer, my last year on Corn Ferry. Um, you know, I shot 27 under to win that week, shot 25 under the next, finished solo second, you know, which obviously elevated me to, you know, pretty – high number on the corn fairy tour points list so taylor cool. the mentality of a corn fairy tour player I, I don't think casual golf fans quite understand the difference in corn fairy tour golf versus pj tour golf when you're out there on the kft it's it's a birdie fest you're trying to shoot as low as possible you can kind of hit it offline and still get away with it what was the biggest change for you when you got to the pga tour just in terms of how you play golf course management's obviously a lot different you know out here just just based on course setup and in conditions, I feel like. Um, but I was I was appreciative of the the fact that I had to learn how to play that style of golf as well. The the aggressive style. The aggressive style and just learn how to make birdies and get comfortable making birdies because you know there are some weeks out here that are like that. Um, but also out here, you know, driving the ball in the fairways of value, missing in correct spots, and giving yourself some space is of value. So, um, yeah, I, w I was appreciative and you know, there's, like I said, there's some weeks out here we got to go low, but definitely got to. Got to play smart out here and, and a little more conservative at times. I find that very interesting. So your uh, your wins, uh, your win on Corn Ferry was like twenty three under. You shot twenty six or twenty six under, mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> and then you win one of the hardest events right. relative to par this yeah. year at the Valspar. I mean, watching the Valspar every year, it's like watching a mate. Like the score is like yeah. watching a major. You know, usually like single digits under par. I think you shot ten right this year to win by one. So. Uh, what was it about that course that, you know, you think, uh, suited your game and, and yeah, I think, I think that whole Florida kind of swing, I've like internally feel comfortable cause it's on Bermuda. It's a little fast. It gets, you know, a little crazy in some spots like yeah. Bay Hill. There's literally no grass on those greens, zero friction. And actually Valspar <laughs> got a little bit that way as well. And so, you know, I, I think I'm comfortable on that type of grass in that environment and, um, just with how fast it got. I knew just to give myself some space if I did miss and, you know, try to drive the ball in the fairway and get as many, you know, short irons and wedges as possible and um, had a good week on the greens, you know, that week. Anytime I feel like my game, no three putts, you know, no balls in the hat, just little stuff that we always talk about. And I did a really good job of that that week. Like the Tiger rules, right? It's yeah. like don't bogey par five, like no three putts, uh, try not to lose a golf yeah. ball. And if you can kind of check those off a list, you're yeah. going to be hanging around. All that little stuff adds up, you know, over four days and – um I think there's one stat that popped up where I didn't miss a putt inside of, you know, seven feet all week, 70 of 70 or something like that, which is like, that stuff has to happen sometimes <laughs> for you to win, right? Exactly. But, yeah, that was cool. What would you sign up for? Let's say next year the PGA Tour was looking at scheduling all the golf courses that you want to play. Are you looking at 25 under and you got to go low and, and get out there and get it? Or are you looking more at Valspar where 10 under has a possibility of winning? What fits your game yeah. maybe better? I prefer the harder courses, okay. um, but I think some of the ones that you, you know, can go low are, are some fun tracks as well. So I think I'll do a little bit of a balance, you know, if I had if I had to guess. But it seems like the uh, the way the tour is going, the you know elevated events and the majors, those are obviously going to be you know your high higher scoring events for the most part. So Taylor, when it, when in that event in March got you into all the majors right this year. Yep. So tell us about that. You went from playing no major. I mean, this journey is incredible. Like you know, Canadian <laughs> yeah. KFT. Uh, it's, it's 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 why again like why following pro golf is so fun because yeah. you have the kind of 
super duper young stars like the Jordan Speeds and you know I mean obviously you see Ricky Fowler pop up and nearly win right out of the gate yeah. but there are so many extremely talented players that do go through this journey like yours which again I'm sure gives you great perspective in terms of PJ Tour golf because you check those boxes on your way to this path yeah absolutely and you know I think everybody's journey out here is different right like yeah. you guys are saying speed there's some star-studded guys coming out of school especially now that can come out here and play immediately and you know, for me, I think personally, I needed those years on the corn ferry just to learn how to play golf, learn how to be a professional, you know, learn how to score in all different kinds of conditions and, and tournaments and scenarios. And I think if I potentially would have made the tour after my first or second year on corn ferry, I don't know if I would have stayed out here just because yeah. I wasn't ready. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's pretty cool to see to your point. What was it like turning up at Augusta this year? <laughs> it was pretty cool, man. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. I had, I'd never been out there. Um, you, you had know, a chance to play it, right? And you, I had a chance to play. You said, I'm, I'm good, which is yeah. Still crazy to me. That, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, Dustin told me he did it one time. Dustin had a chance to play it. I know Colt Nost qualified for the Masters because he won the amateur yeah. and then turned pro. Oh, so he didn't right. get the invite. I mean, oh, wow. there's not a lot of people on this planet, maybe less people that have walked on the moon that have turned down on Augusta. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Well, it had just been a thing for me and my dad. We wanted, you know, our first time out there to be when I qualified. So obviously some incentive there. But I had a chance, you know, from a member that I met at school at Arkansas to, to go out there and play. And my dad wasn't able to go on the trip. It was just going to be me. So I was like, I appreciate it, but no, sir. Like my dad can't go. Then I don't, <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't want to break our little, uh, little thing we got going. So yeah, it was cool. You talked a lot about your dad and he's caddied for you. How's your dad's golf game? Is he who got you into golf? He is. Yeah. He got me into the game and, um, you know, he coached college baseball, a little bit of high school baseball at the end of his career. Um, and him and his coaching buddies, we go play golf in their, in their free time. And I just, you know, tag along and, hop in the cart and, you know, try to do what they did when I was, you know, three, four, five years old. And that's how I got into it. But yeah, he's caddy for me a little bit, got me into the game, loves following. I think it's hard, you know, for a lot of dads out here that have sons, you know, on the PGA Tour, it's hard just being dad because yeah. a lot of them were so involved at a young age. Yeah. So that's been a big, you know, learning curve um, for him. But yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's good. Is he comfortable now being dad? Is he, is. he comfortable kind of taking that step away? I mean, if you've got that coaching mind, you're always thinking about, coaching and obviously with your son playing so well and competing he wants to coach his son is he okay now just kind of yeah, sitting back totally. and having a cocktail and, totally. and watching golf from the yeah, tower he is he is and you know i have a younger brother as well so everybody's out of the house everybody's adults everybody you know is you know living their own lives and so yeah he's uh he's fully adjusted now and totally content coming out here and uh you know getting into player dining and hanging out and being a part of being a part of it this so he's good. great yeah, this exactly. play is well he's like I don't, I don't have to get you a sandwich and a dog pepper at the turn anymore like i can just go in here and do that so yeah, taylor you mentioned baseball your dad coaching baseball you were a baseball player tell us about your journey like baseball golf when did the when did the uh yeah we heard we heard you were good, we heard you were good. yeah we <laughs> heard you were like a good really good baseball yeah player. i was i was really good um you know, I, I quit baseball for my freshman year of high school. So I played both pretty parallel, I would say, until about eighth grade. And then I started really, you know, picking more and more golf tournaments. And kind of the time frame, too, when I got into the Ping Junior program, I was 14. Yeah. Jeff Brown found me when I was in eighth grade. You know, we weren't totally sure if it was legal to get golf equipment because my dad, being a baseball coach, was like, no kids can get sponsored. And, you know, in team sports, you can't get free equipment. You can't do anything unless, you know, the team has all the access to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I played baseball at a high level, you know, through my freshman year and was going to camps in the summer and, you know, really trying to figure out what I wanted to to do in, in college and at the next level. What position did you play? Like what, what, what were you good at in baseball? Yeah, I played short and second, yeah. you know, middle I and field. I figured you were probably in the middle Co of the Coach's field. son, it was kind of like a, <laughs> you know, you're required to play that at some <laughs> point, I feel like. Um, 
but my dad played center field and okay. I, re- I really enjoyed playing outfield too that was that was a lot of fun but yeah i think i was just naturally more gifted short short and second base I was a, a lefty coming up in, in okay. East Texas playing baseball, and my coach made me play catcher a little bit as oh, a wow. catcher. Which lefties don't Catching play catcher. Right yeah, so odd. crazy. But <laughs> me and my buddy, my buddy Rusty, played first, and we'd pick off so many guys that were getting sleepy on yeah. first because you could just rifle it down first yeah. base. It was always fun. But, yeah, having the, having the baseball and the golf thing, I don't know, for you, it was really tough for me because the swings are so different. So you're in a, a batting cage, you're hitting balls baseball-wise, and then you go to the driving range. It always took me a little bit of time to adjust. Was that part of the reason you decided to give up baseball? You know, I didn't really have that issue. A lot of people maybe would assume, but for me, I, I just I didn't really have that problem. I was able to, you know, decipher ball being still on a tee and then a ball coming at you and being able to react and, you know, maybe just lucky and, and God-given a little bit, but I didn't have you know, too much of that. I had more rust just from not playing golf, yeah. right, than anything because I would go, you know, play a baseball tournament over the weekend, Thursday through Sunday, and then roll around and play a o- Oklahoma Junior Golf <laughs> Tournament on Monday morning. It's like, okay, this is weird. Like, and I haven't practiced. Tired, right? I haven't done anything. I spent a lot of time on game. Yeah. So, Taylor, you mentioned Jeff Brown took care of you starting at age 13, 14. I want to know some of your, uh, like, favorite ping clubs, whether it's driver, iron. What did you use in those early days? Wow, what, yes. what, do you, what do you remember about them? So I remember my first driver that Brownie got me was a G2 11 and a half degree with a ladies flex in it because I was a small <laughs> kid. I was like literally like maybe five foot, 100 pounds. And he's like, let's get you some loft and a, and a shaft that you can whip around and swing as fast as you can. So that was that was pretty cool. Just to, you know, think about that. Um, other clubs I love. I love the Rapture V2 at a Mitsubishi uh Dimana whiteboard in it yeah. in the v2 with some with some loft as well 10.5 i think do you still have these clubs somewhere do you think somewhere yeah probably Home probably, or probably my parents house they have a little they call it the taylor golf shed in the back corner they got <laughs> literally all kinds of might need, you a, know, might need an image for yeah, this for right? the podcast we might um what about putters what about putters redwood you redwood with? d66 oh nice yeah those are still in my opinion some of the best you know feeling putters and you know obviously the new pld line with the milled face and stuff yeah. is about as close as we've we've gotten to to that which feel you know very similar but yeah redwood d66 um i'm still i still play the s55 irons so i have to mention those you know oh yeah seven eight nine years old and yeah. you probably know better than me but yeah, I play play those. Have so. you have you tinkered with some of the new irons and and thought about going into them? And why do you kind of stick to the the OG irons that you've had in the bag for a few years? Yeah, for sure. I've tried you know anything new that comes out, especially now being on tour, we have access to right. And so I, I did play the blueprints for a period of time. Um, you know, on my last year on Corn Ferry and when I first got out here on tour, um, which I love because there's so much playability in the blueprint irons. Yeah. You know, not a lot of offset, able to work it both ways, pretty easy. Obviously, the player profile with the smaller blade which is awesome but always gravitated back i think just naturally being a pink kid i love to look at a little bit of offset have a little bit of forgiveness in the long irons especially you know out here on tour um you know in that three and four iron, i would like a little bit of mass to look at (laughs) at times playing on these firm hard courses yeah so our blue our blueprint s is kind of that marriage of the s from s55 with the blueprint and getting some of those Soul design properties, you know. Is this a prediction? Are we thinking? Are we thinking twenty twenty four? Taylor's <laughs> right. the S blueprint. Is that twenty twenty four? You heard it here first. There you go. The, the iron change. Uh, you're a guy that likes to move the ball, um, kind of the opposite way of what maybe the the modern player does. I know you guys do some waiting in that world as well with your woods. Um, why do you like to see the ball move that way? And how many players do you play with that still kind of turn the ball over? 
yeah, I'm just a naturally drawer, right? Like right to left is what I see in my head. And, you know, I tend to aim to, you know, that way on the course to, to play for that. And, um, yeah, it is a little bit odd nowadays, especially for some higher speed players to maybe move it that way, just with the technology and the, and the ball being a little bit less spinny than, you know, it used to be, especially when we were growing up. Um, but yeah, there's still some guys out here that sling it. A guy that comes to mind is Chris Kirk. Yep. You know, I played mm. with him a few times and he's, he's definitely a drawer. And, um, I think the cool thing about, you know, being on tour and, you know, just seeing some of the top ranked players in the world is they go both ways with it. Right. I mean, yeah. I played with Rom who I've, believed was a, a cutter and i'm just like man every ball is gonna go left to right and we get on a couple tees with left to right win and he draws it back into him like that's why you're number one in the Got world the like, shots. You're, you're there not, you go yeah, like, yeah we just, saw we, we saw him pull that off at augusta obviously yeah, yeah. yeah which is pretty cool so yeah i just that's just what i see in my head though Joel. Who, who have you fanboyed out to this year getting paired with or playing with where you have to kind of remind yourself that you're a peer of this per person you mentioned playing with John Rom. Who have you played golf alongside on the PGA Tour this season? Where you're like, this is this is really sick. Yeah, another you know really cool guy that I've enjoyed also Pink Staffers Finau. Yeah, getting paired with him a few times. We played a uh, Saturday at Players. We both played really well. Made a ton of birdies, which was a lot of fun. And then I was paired with him last week at BMW. Um, yeah, so that was cool. And then I played with JT over the weekend at Waste Management, and just in that atmosphere was. <laughs> crazy obviously yeah you know playing with jt you know you're gonna have some fans anyway but obviously magnified out there at waste uh that was really cool and we both played really well and and you know kind of fed off each other a little bit that was that was a fun experience yeah taylor one in interesting thing in your bag which has become a little popular out here is a seven wood so wh what's Great the story God. what's the story how did it start and uh what have been some fun sh fun and valuable shots you've hit with that and why is that important an important club out on the pga tour yeah for me it started um tahoe last year got the seven wood in the bag it was more so just for testing i was kind of looking you know either for some height on some long irons and and really to feel like the 240 to 250 gap in my game um just trying to find some consistency in that area because i noticed like if I drove the ball in the fairway on some par fives, having two, three, four iron in, um, a lot of times, especially at the harder, firmer places, I wasn't able to hold, you know, the green all the time. Yeah. So having some loft and some height and some spin coming into those was huge. And then, um, yeah, really just got comfortable with it off the tee as well. And it's been a huge asset to my game, long par threes and, and going into par fives from the fairway. What's your process on a Saturday when Arkansas is playing football and you're playing golf? Like, what Stressful. do you do? Is it, is it phone in the bag or is it like the caddy check the scores? Like, how do you go yeah, about that? Yeah, no, I really try to put the phone up, um, especially out here. I don't want to get in, get in trouble on tour, but it's funny. I'll have a, uh, you know, I think in Jackson last year, for example, I uh, asked the walking scores. We had a morning game, 11 a.m. kick, and I was playing at that time. I was like, hey guys, like every three or four holes, like I'm gonna come over. Like I need, I need some updates. I need an over. They're yeah. like, of the leader, so, you're like, no, right. no, no, no. The like you guys game. are volunteering. You have a phone out to keep our like. We need, we need a score update every couple holes. Oh, <laughs> always tough. I mean, the phone being away in golf is one of the few places, Marty, where the phone actually goes away. Yeah, I yeah. feel like. I mean, if you're playing, especially if you're playing tournament golf. I mean, right. it'll be five hours of. I mean, yeah. you're not checking what's going on in your life. You know. Yeah exactly yeah fall fall time with football especially i mean sunday is fantasy football like i remember pulling my phone out after like second or third hole one time because my fantasy lineup wasn't set yet and i'm like i have to make sure this is ready to <laughs> rock at noon modern right? professional <laughs> yeah, golf like... man no messing around <laughs> <sighs> 
Taylor, let's go. Let's go into the putter a little bit. You mentioned PLD. So, what's in the bag right now, and uh, and and what have you enjoyed about that PLD process in terms of dialing in uh, the the Oslo, right? Yeah, they, they yeah, yeah. Right yeah, I mean, yeah, PLD Oslo four. Um, I think the cool thing about the PLD is just the customization factors we're able to have, right? And and getting the the alignment aids the way we want, getting the you know sight lines the way we want. Um, being able to implement whatever kind of hosel, you know, into a head just to, you know, be able to optimize and get the ball to, to roll the way we want every time. And so, yeah, I've always loved the feel of um, a mallet or, you know, maybe a mid mallet, smaller mallet for alignment purposes on, yeah. on, on shorter putts. It's really helped me over the years, but I, I love the, you know, feel of, I think every pink kid of an answer to, and just yeah. a blade and just that, you know, that noise. And so really trying to, mesh those two together is what i've you know found with the oslo and, and especially the pld line so the acoustics have, were important to you yes so, acoustics and feel for sure so we we in in working on your pld we try did you try different inserts different uh yeah you know face textures i have i've tried a ton and that's you know tony and and everybody has been so helpful and just helping me find exactly what i want um because i I want the ball to come off fast, right? Yeah. But I also want some noise. And so we've we've played around with insert, we played around with deep mill, played around with flat face. Um, you know, just really trying to get that perfect marriage and what's gonna help me, you know, when I teed up Thursday through Sunday. And so it's been uh it's been a cool process, a bit fun and um, you know, from time to time out here, if you go through a couple cold, you know, weeks, you're like, all right, let's try, <laughs> it's gotta let's, be try the putter. Let, let's try something else. Let's mix it up, which I'm definitely not scared to do. <laughs> but I've been I've been with this also for style now for over a year, which has been nice to have some consistency for yeah. sure. T Taylor, you, you talked about being 14 years old and being approached by Ping. You kind of fast forward now to being a 30 year old and you can walk in the tour truck and grab a new hat and have your clubs fixed. How wild is it to kind of think back to that, what, 16 years ago, being a kid wondering if you could even be approached by Ping, now to be able to come through the door and get your clubs fixed and have multiple putter options. I mean, how wild has this journey been? Yeah, it's pretty surreal, you know, when you break it down like that, just to see what Ping has meant, you know, to me and my life and my family and just being able to, you know, also be a part of the Ping family, which has been so awesome. And it's, uh, yeah, it's been cool the relationships you know that i've been able to to have and the people that i've met and um yeah we thought we thought brownie you know when i was 14 was just a college coach watching some of the older guys in my group and then next thing you know he's talking to my dad on a picnic table after the round it's like all right i guess we're going to phoenix sign here weeks. yeah right so yeah no it's it is pretty cool and it's um you know obviously a lot of hard work and dedication to to my craft but also at the same time just that that family kind of atmosphere and love and you know any any one of these guys on the truck would do anything to help me save a shot when i tee it up right and so that's been uh yeah something that I obviously remember forever so speaking of custom things on the truck i was taking a look at your lob wedge pretty unique like the grind you have on there right. the the uh you know amount of camber on the lead edge tell us about what are some of the important things for you is one of the i think for the listener out there is like one of the hardest things is like, how do you pick the right grind in your lob wedge? Sure. What are some of the shots you like to hit? Do you open around the, the greens or not? Um, so, you know, that's such an important thing out it's here on the PGA yeah. Tour. What are, describe the process again to the grind that you have. Yeah, on it's there. massive. You know, obviously some trial and error and to, to get to the point where we're at now, but some really some trial and error too during like tournament situations. It's really hard to 
simulate a lot of times on the chipping green perfect lies you know yeah giving yourself a great lie in the bunker like i wanted to you know try a lot of what we wanted to do in a tournament situation and yeah i have a ton of um ton of like material removed from the heel yeah heel I, really, I, yep. I want we'll have a, to post a picture of his lob let's yeah, do it yeah, yeah, yeah. i want awesome. a ton of heel relief so yeah. i can lay it open um in the bunkers i can lay it open when i have good lies and not have it dig because i really want the bounce to be exposed as much as possible and like i'm i'm a pretty neutral chipper and when i say that i mean i don't really have a ton of handle lean okay. so i don't want the leading edge getting in the ground yep and so i think they roll the lead edge for me quite a bit as well take some you know off there soften it that way when i you know coming in and, and delivering the club my handle's pretty neutral just to really have as much bounce exposed as is possible. this on a square face shot square face shot okay. yep yep and then when i when it i do go open face to get some height or to try to get a lot of spin i throw the right hand a ton okay and so i do not want that thing going to the ground especially when we're playing bermuda grass in the grain you know things of that nature i want do as you, much relief as possible do you lower the handle on those shots or is it out of the vary? bunker i do yeah okay if i'm trying to get some height out of the bunker i go super low handle super open and a ton of right hand throw with some speed and try to okay. try to shoot that thing up as much <laughs> all as possible. of these things are going on in the brain and they get to two feet and you're like that works there you this go this grind is awesome so Dude, it, it yeah is we'll, cool. we'll post a picture it, of it i'm yeah i'm not like totally sure about you know a lot of the other guys is it a lot of yeah, just really a lot of heel relief. Mm -hmm. And so when you it's kind of has a little bit of the essence of the I2 lob wedge in the bunker. And gotcha. one of the things the I2 had is a very small surface area. So if you kind of look at the heel section, it's going to like knife into the bunker early, but then gotcha. you got you still have that angle late. It's you funny. Know what I mean? It's funny you mentioned that. That's maybe why I like it cuz when I did get into the game like we were talking about, you know, earlier my dad got a set of i2s from a pawn shop when he was getting out of college and so i grew up playing his clubs like i would in the bunker with an i2 sand wedge oh yeah and so that's there how i go. learned yes, how to hit bunker exactly. shots with the i2 and then yeah actually my rookie year also from that same set he got i played a ping answer too that he got in that same set from like the late 80s i used it like my rookie year on corn Ferry. <laughs> nice so that was <laughs> you, a ton of lead tape because it was pretty light yeah but. you like it you like the old school equipment yeah, i yeah. i appreciate it uh taylor been a big year for you obviously winning on the pga tour making it to the tour championship are you a goal guy do you write down goals for next year or you kind of lay out what you might think about when you kind of get towards 24 yeah I, i'm a goal guy to some extent you know i've really tried to reframe a little bit how I think about, you know, goals and, and future stuff. And this has been a big part. I hired a mental performance coach my last year on Corn Ferry and her name is Sarah Taylor and she's helped me out a ton. And, you know, goal setting is great for, for anybody, but for me personally, we're more so focused on like just being where my feet are. Okay. Right? And if I can control so more where present. I'm at. Yeah. Just a little bit more present, like in, in weekly stuff, like what, what, what are the things you want to get done this week? How do you want to, you know, budget your time how do you want to practice how do you want to you know and for me that is that's just worked better but yeah it's uh it's really cool you know to to be at be at east lake be in the tour championship get my first win on tour you know playing all four majors my second year out definitely definitely done a lot of cool things and uh looking forward to what's come how do you budget your time i mean you play golf we always talk about you play golf for four or five hours a day and you practice maybe for an hour or two on the front or back end right and you have like the full day yeah. How do you budget that time as you're traveling week to week? And how do you budget your time to make you stay in the present and not kind of get ahead of yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, that's when I coming out of college, you don't realize how much time you are going to have. You know, you go from 
play in a, one practice round and, and three competitive rounds. And now you have the whole week to, to practice before and then you're playing four rounds. And so it's been a little bit of trial and error in that aspect. But, um, you know, I, I really try to rest and recover as much as possible now, too, just with the travel and the amount of tournaments I'm playing, trying to make sure I'm getting eight hours of sleep, a little bit of downtime in the evening, um, you know, we set up some daily routines for me, which have worked great. So I have an AM and a PM routine, try to get in the gym, get the body. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, but we found a pretty good recipe, you know, now that that works for me. Are you an early morning practice round player, late afternoon, mid morning variable? I would say I like getting out early if I can, you know, if my schedule's, you know, set up to where I can go tee off before seven thirty or eight o'clock and, and, get nine holes in i like to warm up go play first and then practice after that to me is like an yeah. ideal day be done at, at noon or one um would be would be ideal especially if i can watch football after so that would be that would <laughs> basically be nice. just dependent on what's yeah, right. happening <laughs> yeah, on exactly. tv that's kind of how taylor lays out the, the schedule we appreciate the time of man congrats on a great year congrats on the win congrats on making it to the tour championship and we look forward to seeing what you do in 24 i appreciate it thanks guys yeah, keep it up Taylor. yeah thank you appreciate yeah this it. is the ping proving grounds podcast